Pastor Reverend Dr. Vincent Leo comes and gives us the word. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, brothers and sisters, and glad tidings, family and friends. So wonderful to have you on our online service today. And as Pastor Sunita has mentioned, we are thankful to the Lord for all that He has done and for enabling us to reach into your home even during this time. Thank you for joining us from the very beginning and those who join us later on the online services, you know, and uh, it, is not just, it is not just tuning on your, turning on your TV and just watching another show, but really when you do that, when you join us on the online service, you, you, are, you are joining together with the family of God in glad tidings. And uh, in spite of the fact that we cannot have physical service, yet we are connected. We are having a service nonetheless, and we are worshipping the Lord, doing what He wants us to do. So thank you for joining us throughout this year, and uh, we really appreciate even your, your joining us and presence with us. And also, we really want to thank the Lord for your giving. It's been the final service of the year. We want to tell you that, you know, uh, your faithful giving has caused us to be able to carry on the work of the ministry. Some people have asked us, you know, is there a major drop in giving and all that? You know, because people are unable to come and just drop in their offerings. But thank God even for uh, online giving as well. And because of that, and because of your uh, faithfulness in giving unto the Lord, praise the Lord that uh, our finance financial standing is doing quite well and uh, we are able to carry on the work of the ministry. There is a slight drop, but it is not significant. Thank you so much, each and every one of you, for every week giving unto the Lord, setting aside amount that you, you, you want to continue to give unto the Lord. We really appreciate your sacrificial giving, your faithful giving unto the Lord. Praise God, praise God. And yes, this is the final Sunday service of the year. And what a year it has been. When we started the year, nobody expected it to be in this manner. What a year it has been. A year where we experience wearing masks, social distancing, lockdown, shut-ins, and a lot of other limitations. What a year it has been. If I were to ask you, what is the key feature of this year that affected you the most? What is the thing that stands out in this year? Of course, everybody knows it's the pandemic and COVID-19. But what about it? How would you characterize the year 2020? This year in Malaysia is supposed to be the fulfillment of Vision 2020. That was first forwarded by our then Prime Minister Tun Mahathir in 1991. That by the year 2020, Malaysia will be a developed nation. But all the plans 
has been turned upside down, not just because of the COVID-19, but because of the political development in our country as well. But how would you characterize the year 2020? If there's one word or two words that I can use to describe 2020, it would be the lost year. Lost year. Yes, we experienced losses. Losses in different degrees. Losses that affect us in different ways. For some, there is a loss of job, loss of income, loss of freedom, whereby we cannot move freely. We have to cancel vacation plans. Loss of business opportunities. Perhaps loss of the business itself as businesses have to shut down. Loss of freedom to visit even your loved one. And in the church itself, we have lost that opportunity to gather together as a church, as a family of God in physical presence. So 2020 might as well be called the lost year. But not everything is lost. Let me direct your attention to a very powerful passage of Scripture today as the final message of the year and for us to look forward even to 2021. I'd like to share on restoring the years. Restoring the years, taken from Joel chapter 2, verse 21 to verse 25. Let's read this passage together. Bible says in verse 21, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. Verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I send among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people 
shall never be put to shame. Restoring the years. The Bible here talks about what the locusts have eaten. Locusts are often mentioned in the Bible. This insect is an important feature in the Bible. It appears about nine times in the Old Testament itself. What are locusts? Locusts are, are, are like grasshopper. Only thing is they are more ferocious, more destructive. Measuring about three inch in size, they often come in swarms, swarms by the billions. And when they come, they will cast a shadow that causes darkness to come over the land. And everything that's green will be consumed by the locusts. In just a few moments, all the greeneries will disappear. Locusts are mentioned many times in the Bible as an instrument of God's judgment. In Deuteronomy, in the book of Amos, and a few other books of the Old Testament, they are instruments of God's judgment. Because the people of God have disobeyed God. God allowed these creatures to come and destroy them in order to bring them back to God. Locust is also a modern phenomenon, especially in East Africa. And even right now, many African nations suffered even the attacks of the locust plague that pose a serious threat to health, to food supply. And when the locusts come, as I say, they come in swarms you know, by the billions. And the estimation is that one-third square mile of locusts can eat as much food as can feed 350,000 people. So nothing is safe in its power. So the Bible tells us about what the locusts have eaten. And this tells us about the losses that people suffer because of the attack of the locusts. Even grasshoppers in your garden eat up the leaves and leaves holes in the leaves. How much more the locusts? What are the holes that have been left in your life? In your family, in your job, in your career, in your studies, in your plan, the holes that these locusts have left in us are very damaging. Bible also says in Joel chapter 1, verse 4, 
what the chewing locusts left, the swarming locusts have eaten. What the swarming locusts left, the crawling locusts has eaten. And what the crawling locusts left, the consuming locusts has eaten. There are different kinds of locusts. The King James Version talks about the locusts, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, the canker worm. Different kinds of locusts that have eaten into our lives and caused messy losses. And when we talk about losses here, we are not just talking about misplacing your car keys or your wallet. We are talking about causes that have a great impact upon your life, emotionally. We're talking about losses like when you lose a loved one, somebody that you love passed away. It leaves a gaping hole in your life. We are talking about losses like when somebody suffers a stroke and is paralyzed for life. We are talking about losses like the divorce that separates the family and the pain is felt for life. We are talking about health issues that cause a disability or that cause pain at night and in the day. And you have to go through it. These losses are real. We feel it. And many people may not be able to go through that kind of transition. So they live in regrets, in remorse. They never recover from the losses. But actually, we can never recover. Nobody recovers from their losses. The biblical, the biblical term for it is not recovery. But rather, it is restoration. Restoration is God's answer for our losses. But in the first place, what are these locusts? In Malaysia, we, we, we have never seen any locusts. Yes, there are grasshoppers. And when I was young, I used to go to the paddy field. We catch these grasshoppers. We feed these to the birds. What are the locusts in your life that cause gaping holes? There are basically four types of locusts, as what is mentioned in the Bible. But I'm just spiritualizing it in the sense. The locusts and losses people face in life. The first one is that of failures in life. We fail in life. We make a mistake. We make a certain choice or a certain decision. It did not work out. And we suffer the consequences. And this is very, very common. It happens all the time. It happens in the choices that you make in jobs, in relationships, in the share market. 
in your investments. But these failures are not forever. But we still suffer the consequences. Then there is the facts of life. The fact of life is that everybody ages. And as we age, we begin to lose our strength, our ability. And perhaps even our beauty for some of us who are concerned about that. But that's the face of life. As you age, you are no longer as strong as you used to be. You cannot do the kind of things that you used to be able to do so easily 10 years ago. And we feel the losses in the sense that we are not able to do or to be what we used to be. Then there is the forces of nature. For example, when, a, when, a, when, when the flood hits a certain place or where we are staying, and there was destruction left in its path, furnitures are destroyed, perhaps even the house itself, if the flood are strong enough, would have been destroyed. And it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. It's the forces of nature. And you may want to term even the pandemic in that manner. Is it a force of nature? So much destruction everywhere. Pain and suffering. Losses. The force of nature. There is the thought, there is another force that is a spiritual force. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our problem is not just the physical, what we see, flesh and blood, the circumstances that we face, even those forces of nature seemingly. It says our battle is against the schemes of the devil, the cosmic forces, the principalities, and the evil in high places. Jesus puts it another way. He calls these spiritual forces the thief. The thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy. And that's the fourth form of locust that comes into our life, creating massive losses in different shapes and sizes. All these things spell L-O-S-S. All of us have experienced loss Nobody's immune to it. But how you handle those losses are very important. How you look at those losses are very important. But the Bible do not just talk about the material things that we lose. 
John chapter 2, verse 25, the Lord says, I will restore to you the years, not the things, but the years the locusts have eaten. The loss here is measured not in terms of monetary value, not in terms of the amount of things that you have lost, but it's measured in terms of years. Now, that is the most disastrous, disastrous If you lose 10,000 ringgit, you can find it back in different ways, earn it back. But if you lose 10 years of your life, it's gone. No money can bring it back. No ingenuity on your part can bring it back. That's why when he says the years the locusts have eaten, when the locust comes in swamps and attacks the field, all the vegetable or all the vegetation and the orchards are, is lost. And it is not lost just for that one day during the attack of the locust. But it is one year's effort, one year's income. It's all gone. And sometimes it's not just for one year. The effects may last for years. That's why we talk about restoring the years. It's the years. Some people's lives have been destroyed by the locusts. Years ago, they have not overcome it. The losses is felt inside. The pain is felt inside. The bitterness is felt inside. Those are the years that the locusts have eaten, and the person may not even know it. But it's living in defeat. What are the destruction that the locusts have caused in your life? Not just this year, during the year of the pandemic, the last year, but even in previous years. And you have not come out of it. You have not been healed. You have not been released. It's still been felt inside. But I've got good news for you. God says, I will restore to you the years. Hallelujah. I will restore to you the years. That is our God. A God who restores. God says it so very clearly in Joel chapter 2 verse 25. I will restore. In another version, it says, I will make up. I will make up all those lost years. I will make up 
and you will no longer live in regrets and remorse, but you will be restored to the fullest. That is our God, a God who restores. What does restoration mean? The word restore actually means to reinstate. To reinstate something to its original condition, situation. Or to return or to repair something to its original condition. Another Hebrew word for restore is actually revive. There are different Hebrew words for it. And to revive, to bring back to life. In the worldly sense, when we say, or when a carpenter says, I can restore this table to its original condition. He has the skill to restore it. He has been wrecked through neglect or misuse or whatever through time. But he says, yeah, this is a very valuable uh, furniture, I can restore it. That means just back to its original condition. But in the biblical manner, in the biblical sense, restoration means bringing something into a state where it would be even better than the original. That's God's way of restor restoration. Better than the original. Classic example is that of Job in chapter, in the book of Job, chapter 42, verse 12. You know the story of Job. He lost everything, including his children, property, livestock. But by the time that you reach chapter 42, the Bible says God restores to him everything that he has lost, including his children and livestock. Double the livestock. Now, in a sense, the children are different children. They are not the same children. They are not brought back to life. But what God blessed Job with is even more than what he originally had. And that's God's idea of restoration. More than you can ever think. Better than the original. When God gives, when God restores, He does the best job in it. Better than the original. God is a God who restores. You see that in the Bible everywhere. Let me give you three verses. There are more than that, all right? But for example, in Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, God is a restorer of life. Bible says, after two days, He will revive us. I like the word revive. In the Hebrew, it's chaya. Chaya. It sounds like cha. Yam, uh, yam cha. Right? You know, celebrate with drinking of tea. Revive the celebration of life. So on the third, the Bible says here, in two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise 
us up. He will give us life. Have you lost that motivation to live because of what you are facing? Are you even contemplating suicide? You thought you have lost everything already. Don't give up. Don't give up. On the second day, he will revive you. And on the third day, he will raise you up. I'm sure many of us love sunrise. There's something about watching a sunrise. Sunrise occurs when the first flicker of light appears in the horizon and it seems like the sun is rising. First flicker of light. And with that first flicker of light that we see, Darkness disappears. The light penetrates through the darkness. And then the full light comes on and darkness is gone. That is the hope of life that God gives to us. Never give up. It is like every time you watch a sunrise, remember God says on the second day, I will revive you and on the third, I will raise you up. That is always hoping God, no matter how bad the losses have been, no matter how painful the lone and lonely the journey has been, God says, I will give you life. Jaya. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. He's a restorer of health, for I will restore health to you. And remember, when God says, I will restore health to you, it's not the, you know, the health, the, 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 the health condition that you were in last year. But, when he restores, he restores better than original condition. And heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. He restores our health. Continue to look to him. He is your healer. When he says here, and heal you of your wounds. The word heal is Rafa. Jehovah Rafa. The one who heals me. He is your Rafa. He will restore your health. Not just heal you, but restore your health. Look to Him. Continue to trust and believe in Him. Psalms 51 verse 17. Your heart He will restore. The psalmist prays, restore. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Perhaps some of you have lost that, the joy in your heart. Oh, to be saved, to be called a child of God, to be under the covering of God is so very important. Yes, 
a three-inch locust. It's a very destructive insect. It can destroy your life. And it will destroy your life unless you are under the covering of God's hand, of God's salvation, of God's protection. And the psalmist recognized that, Lord, restore to me that joy of salvation. Keep me under the covering of your saving grace and hand, oh God. He will do that because God restores. He will uphold us by His Spirit. Oh, there's so much to talk about the Spirit of God. But He will strengthen you and grant you His joy. And His Spirit will work in your heart that you will not falter, that you will not fall. But you will be kept under the safety of his hand. So our God restores. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But then the question arises. How do you do it? How does God restore our losses? That's what we want to know, isn't it? I've had businessmen who come to me and say, Pastor, I've lost half a million in that project. Can you pray for me that I will get back that money? Wow, I say, I wish my prayer is so powerful. I just want one prayer, you can get back 500,000. Uh, 500, of course, I still pray. And I don't know what the person may be expecting. Is he expecting to get back the 500,000 half million ringgit in a bad investment. Even before the investment, there were signs that, hey, something is not right. Don't go in, but he went in. And he lost. Can we pray for restoration of a bad or an unwise decision? What do you expect when we say, God, restore. Please restore to me my losses. Our God is a God who restores. Yes, even at those times when we feel all is lost, you can be sure that God is there. And He promises to restore us. But, and catch this, but it may not be in the ways we expect. Some losses in life can never be gotten back. Some losses in life are disciplines of life that we have to go through. When God says, I will restore, it doesn't mean that, ha, voila, just one prayer and everything will be fine. No struggles, no pain, no. Many times God leads us through our losses, 
to our tears, to our heartbrokenness. But He holds our hand and He teaches us very valuable lessons in life. Many times, this will lead us, hopefully, back to Him. And some of the losses in love are actually not losses or wasted years. For example, Jacob loved Rachel so much, wanted to marry her. But the morning after, they got married, and, but the morning after, lo and behold, to his surprise and shock, it wasn't Rachel that he married the day before, but it was her sister. Jacob was manipulated, tricked by his uncle, Laban. Laban says, hey, it's in our tradition. No, no, the older one must marry first, then only the younger. So if you want Rachel, the younger sister, then you have to work another seven years for her. And Jacob did that. He served Laban for another seven years. Are those seven years wasted years? Lost years? Bible tells us, but those seven years seem to be so short, so fast to Jacob because he loved Rachel. We work hard on something and finally we got it after many years. During those years of working, are those wasted years, lost years? No. It is necessary. Some of you are courting some, a, a girl. And you have been trying to woo her. She did not respond. But you did not give up. You keep on working in that relationship. And after five years, finally, she warm up to you and say, yes. Were those five years wasted years? No. Those were precious years. So it depends on how you look at your losses or what is termed as wasted. In fact, many of our lives, these are not wasted years. It's only wasted if we do not learn from it. But if we have learned something during this year, then it's worth it. It's not wasted. But if you have learned nothing at all, it may be called wasted. You sign up for a training and it takes you 10 years to complete it. Wasted years, lost years of your life? No. These are things that sometimes we have to go through. But some of the pains are very real. Some of the losses are very real, whether it be in finance or relationship or whatever it is. And I pray that God will open up our eyes that it will turn into a gain. Our pain will be turned into a gain in some way. And we will choose faith rather than lose faith in Him. So you find that God is the one who restores, but many times it may not be in the way that we expect. But there are certain things that He has given to us in His Word that can lead us in His in the steps to restoration, how we can be restored, even in the losses 
that we face. First one is that of reject, to reject fear. Bible says God is in control. We can reject fear because God is in control. When we have suffered loss, it is very common for us, very, very common for us to be fearful and we dare not venture out anymore. God says, fear not. Do not be afraid. And you know why God said that? And the context in which he said that? Because he said, for the open pastures are springing up and the trees bears his fruit. God can even command nature. God can command his creation to do his will and bidding. That is God. He's in control of his creation. He's in control of everything. So therefore, I will not fear. Do not fear. God also says, Rejoice and be glad. Verse 21, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Again repeated in verse 23, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Rejoice in the Lord your God. He has done great things. Sometimes we may not see it, but this year itself, by the very fact that you can join us in this online service, it shows that God has done great things for you through the year. It may not be what you have wanted or expected, but the very fact that you make it to the end of the year itself is something incredible. By the grace of God, God digs back into our past. And He does something beautiful. We can rejoice in Him because He continues to do great things. The word rejoice is very powerful. In the Hebrew, understanding of rejoice. Rejoice means to just spin around, spin around, spin around in exuberant joy. Not just joy, but in exuberant joy. The language itself here, rejoice in the Lord and be glad. Oh, very powerful. Don't let your losses kill you off. Even when bad things happen, things you do not understand and have no control over, you can still choose to rejoice because it's something internal. Frederick Nichel, a German philosopher who is famous for his theory of God is dead. He's the one who proclaimed God is dead. He says this of the Christians. If you Christians want me to believe in your God, then you have to sing better songs. Because if I were to believe, I would believe in a God who danced. In a God who danced, not a dead God. In a joyful God. And then actually, coming from the mouth of an atheist, is what the Bible says. 
We are to rejoice in the Lord your God. We are to dance, spin around in exuberant joy in the presence of God. But the Bible also tells us that God rejoices over His people. God rejoices over His people. In other words, God also spin around in exuberant joy over His people. Can you picture that? Don't let anything, don't let any losses take away the joy, the rejoicing in the Lord. So when we sing unto the Lord, don't just mumble along in the song. Even though I know it's difficult singing alone, in your room, in your house. But come on, make an effort. Stand up, dance around, move around, sing out loud in exuberant joy, because that's where your victory is. There is a spiritual dynamic there. The Bible also tells us, rely on God's promises. For He has given you, God has given us everything that we need in life. Everything. He will supply everything. He has given you the former Rain faithfully, and He will cause in the future, when you step into 2021, He will cause things to happen in your life. You can rely on God's promises, and God will send His blessings. You can be sure of that. Your cupboard will be filled. Your fridge will be full. Your wardrobe will be full. God will send His blessings. Fourthly, realize God's power. I will restore, God says. By His own power, He will restore. No power can match the power of God Almighty. In verse 20, the Bible says, the monstrous locusts, have done a great work of destruction. But God also says, for He has done great things. And God's great things are greater than the monstrous things that the locusts have done. And the power of God is released because God is for you. The locusts cannot be against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Realize God's power in your life. Rest in God's provision. God will take care of you. Bible says, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. You shall eat. Whether it's just Maggie me or ten course dinner. You shall eat. And be satisfied. There is the physical side. There is the spiritual side. And you shall praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. God will provide. He has provided for you this year. Don't worry about 2021. You can rest in God's Provision. When we recognize God's presence, 
Verse 27, then you shall know that I am in the midst. Sorry, I missed one. Okay. Shame will be removed. God says, He will take away the shame. And my people shall never be put to shame. Verse 26, repeated. In verse 27, my people shall never put, be put to shame. When something is repeated in the Bible, you can be sure it's very, 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 very important. God doesn't waste His words. And for the people of Israel, shame is a big thing. They were humiliated by the enemy. Shame, shame, shame. Where is your God? God says, my people shall never again be humiliated or be shamed. The word shame is the same thing that we find in the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve have seen, the Bible says, God was walking through the Garden of Eden and he asked, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam says, I heard your voice and I was ashamed because I was naked. God says, who told you that? The first shame that came was in the Garden of Eden. God wants to be with Adam, but he was shameful. God says, from now on, you will, my people shall never be put to shame. So people laugh at you in your losses. People say, how can you make such a decision? People may even laugh at you in your faith. Hey, I thought you are a Christian. How come you have to go through all this? God will restore and they will not laugh at you. They will not laugh at your business. They will not laugh at your children. They will not laugh at your family anymore. God will stand by you as he was searching for Adam in the Garden of Eden. He will stand by you. Recognize God's presence. God is with you. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and the Lord your God, and there is no other. God is not only for you. God is with you. God is with you. This is a promise of God. He has been with us even through this year. He will continue to be with us even in the new year of 2021. Celebrated Christmas just two days ago. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You can be sure of that. Rejoice in the presence of Almighty God. And lastly, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. He is gracious. He is full of mercy and loving kindness. And this is the one thing that God wants us to do first and foremost. Although I put it last, this is the first thing that we need to do. God says, return to me, my people. Return to me. Rend not your garment, the outward form, but rend your heart. Be broken in repentance before me. so easy to, to allow the locusts in our life to take us away from God. 
I thank each one of you for join us, joining us in this online service. Praise God for that. But we don't really know how many are not joining us and where are they? Oh, God says, return to me. Give me your time. Honor the Sabbath. For he is gracious and slow to anger. God says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those who have experienced losses in life, the greatest loss that anybody can experience is not to be saved. We can go through life without any loss at all. You're a great entrepreneur. You make great amount of money. Never made any wrong decision. Never suffered any loss perhaps. Although I have never met anybody. But if you have not come to the Lord and be saved, call on His name and be saved. If you have not done that, my heart breaks for you. That will be the greatest loss anybody can ever experience. Not to go through life and not be safe at all. And so today, I appeal to you as in the Bible, come to the Lord. Come to the Lord and be saved. Call on His name. Repent from our sin. Jesus Christ has come. He has suffered the shame and 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 the agony, and he was crucified on the cross to take away all our sins so that whosoever believe in him and call on his name, he shall be saved. Salvation, restoration is for you even this morning. So brothers and sisters, there are eight keys to, the restoring, to restoring losses in our life. It's all there. May the Lord lead you. May the Lord guide you every step of the way. And I can only declare the close of this service here. Remember, restoration is yours. Restoration is yours. Have faith, believe, trust in the Lord, and do what you have to do. Above all else, let us at the end of this year all come back to the Lord in case any one of us have fallen along. The way God is calling each one of us for a time of dedication, commitment, trust fully in Him. And He will restore. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's all pray together right now. Praise God. Perhaps you are here today and you have never received Jesus Christ. You have never known Him as your Savior and Lord. But that's what He came to restore life to us. The thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and life everlasting. That's the promise of Jesus Christ. Will you receive the life 
that He comes to give us. Restore to a fellowship with God, peace with God, and the blessings of God with our sins forgiven. And in, walking in His purpose, do you want to experience that life? Will you come to God even right now? If that is your desire, you want Jesus to come into your life, please pray this prayer after me. Mean it from your heart. Something remarkable is about to happen. You want Jesus? Please pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I come to you. I'm so sorry. For all my wasted years, of living in sin. But I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sin. I confess all my sins right now. And I invite Jesus Christ to come into my life, to forgive me, to cleanse me of all my sins and to be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life into your hands. Lead me into life everlasting. I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Congratulations. If you have prayed this prayer, I want to congratulate you. You have made the greatest and the best decision of your life. Please let us know of your decision by just uh, uh, contacting us on the address that is shown on the screen right now. And we'd like to continue to just be in touch with you, to encourage you in your journey, and to pray for you, and uh, to continue to just uh, uh, help me of any help that we can even to you. For the rest of us, let us pray even right now. Some of you have suffered massive losses, not just this year, but even previous years. The, the locusts have eaten up a lot of things in your life. But today I'm going to declare the restoration of the Lord. Whatever it is that you have needs of, just stand up even right now and say, Locusts, I drive you out of my life. You will no longer steal from me. You will no longer eat up that which God has given to me. Stand upon the victory of the Lord even right now. Let's all pray together. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you that you are a restorer of health, that you are a restorer, dear Lord, of life, that you are a restorer of the heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the restoration in each and every life right now who are reaching out to you, dear Lord, in all the places here, dear Father. In Jesus' name, we just want to thank Thank you for your word, dear Lord, that has given us life and hope, dear Lord. Indeed, dear Lord, we declare what the enemy has taken away from us, you are going to restore. We receive it right now. Healing in the name of Jesus. Health in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus, oh God. And Lord, above all else, we just want to return to you right now. We surrender our past. We surrender our present. We surrender our future into your hands, dear Lord, with a full assurance that you are with us, that you are for us, 
and you will continue, oh God, to watch over us. Thank you, dear Lord, for the divine provision. I pray, dear Lord, for the blessings of the Lord God Almighty to rest upon your people right now and even into 2021, dear Lord. We shall not fear at all. And I pray even right now, Lord, that the joy of the Lord shall fill our heart. We thank you for everything that you have done in this year, dear Lord. Though, God, it may have been painful and tough, but today, Lord, on the final service of the year, we just want to rejoice in you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear Lord, for the great love mercy and grace that we have experienced in you. Today we declare we love you, dear Lord. Keep us in your love, dear Lord, and we will give you the glory and the praise now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, we pray.